Hello, and welcome to Parenting Tips, the family health and wellness podcast series for parents and professionals working with families. Family health and wellness is part of the National Extension System, which provides research-based information and is a program of Cornell Cooperative Extension of Suffolk County. My name is Rory McNish, the host of this series, which will showcase family health and wellness educators who are experts in the field of child development, positive parenting practices, nutrition, and health. Our goal is to help adults make research-informed decisions for themselves and their families. I am pleased to welcome Kerry Cray Retta, who will be joining us today to talk about temperament. Kerry has been a human development specialist with Family Health and Wellness since 2000. Kerry specializes in early childhood development as well as health and wellness. You are here today to talk about understanding temperament. Why don't you begin by explaining what temperament is, Kerry? I'd be happy to, but before I delve into what temperament is, I just want to say what an interesting topic it is to talk about because it's not just useful for parents with their children, but for all people in their relationships with others, including siblings, spouses, even coworkers. Everyone is born with different temperamental traits, so knowing about them helps you better understand why people behave the way they do in different situations. So to define temperament, it is simply a pattern of behavior. It can also be described as a person's natural style of interacting with or reacting to people, places, and things. A person's temperament is made up of nine different traits, some of which may be apparent very early in life, while others take longer to recognize. Sometimes people confuse temperament with a temper tantrum. These are two very different things, although sometimes a child's temperament may make them more prone to having temper tantrums. And even though we're talking about children, it's important to remember that everyone, both young and old, has mm -hmm. their own unique temperament. And unlike developmental stages, which can also impact behavior, our temperament remains fairly consistent over the course of a lifetime. If you have siblings or if you've raised more than one child, even twins, you know that people raised in the same environment with the same parents and genetic background are often very different from one another. Temperament helps to explain these differences. Now, you mentioned there are different uh, temperamental traits. What do you mean by that? So a person's temperament is made up of nine different traits or characteristics, and we look at these on a continuum. Okay. You can have an extreme to one side or the other of a trait or be anywhere in between. As an example, let's look at activity level, which is one of the traits. By temperament, a person may be either very active or very inactive. These would be the extremes of the characteristic. So if we were to plot this on a scale, very active would be all the way to one side and very inactive would be on the opposite side. But in between those two endpoints, there are many different levels of activity. Okay. You can determine a child's activity level by thinking about his or her preference for play. Very active children will prefer gross motor activities such as running, jumping, or climbing most of the time whereas low active children will tend towards more sedentary activity most of the time. Many children will fall somewhere between these two extremes. Now, how would this uh, affect a parent-child uh, relationship? Well, imagine that you are a parent with a low activity level, mm -hmm. and you prefer to do things like read or draw, but your child is constantly in motion, mm -hmm. preferring instead to run around the house and climb on furniture. This is likely to cause conflict in your relationship. Mm -hmm. 
Likewise, if you're a high active parent and you can't wait for the day when your child is old enough to maybe go for a hike or a bicycle ride with you, but instead he or she just wants to stay indoors and play games, you might find that frustrating. What are the other temperament traits? The other traits are distractibility, intensity, regularity, sensory threshold, approach withdrawal, adaptability, persistence, and quality of mood. Distractibility, adaptability, persistence, and quality of mood are all pretty self-explanatory. But let me take a minute to talk about the other ones. Okay. So intensity refers to how much energy a child uses to express emotions. Sometimes very intense children are referred to as drama queens. Mm -hmm. At any rate, you can usually tell how your intense child is feeling. Regularity refers to how predictable the child is in his or her patterns of sleep, appetite, and elimination. All children do well with a regular routine, but children who are highly regular by temperament absolutely need a routine. Highly regular children can really struggle with even the slightest change to their routine. For example, when we change the clocks at daylight savings time, our bedtime and our wake time are adjusted by one hour. For people who are not highly regular, this is not much of an issue. However, for those who are extremely regular, it could take a week or two, sometimes even more, for them to readjust to their new routine. With sensory threshold, we look at how sensitive a person is to stimuli such as noise, bright lights, smells, pain, temperature, tastes, and even the texture and feeling of clothing. For example, your picky eater may be more sensitive to taste than you are, finding things to be bitter or salty, even though you do not consider them to be. Or maybe you have a hard time keeping shoes on your toddler. Perhaps he or she is sensitive to the feel of socks and shoes. In this case, you might want to try seamless socks. One of the things to keep in mind with sensory threshold is that it's entirely possible for a person to have multiple sensitivities or only one. And finally, we'll look at approach withdrawal. This is a child's initial response to new things. It could be a new experience, place, person, or food, really anything that is unfamiliar. A slow-to-approach child needs more time to warm up to new things. These children are often considered to be shy, but I like to think of them as being cautious. On the other side of the continuum are quick-to-approach children. These children will jump into new situations feet first and never look back. You know, Carrie, I have uh, four sons, and I think each one of them had uh, these different temperaments, you know, like totally different from each other. You know, it was amazing, you know. And you can really see the dynamics of temperament play out in a family setting. Oh, yeah. So why is learning about temperament helpful to parents, though? Well, as I've said, knowing about temperament can help adults explain why a child might behave in a certain way or to anticipate how a child will react to a particular event or situation. Mm -hmm. But when adults understand temperament, it also helps them to better communicate with their child, choose the most effective form of discipline to use, And most importantly, avoid either blaming themselves or criticizing their child for behavior that is driven by temperament. The goal is to work with a child's temperament rather than fight against it. This will result in a more positive and harmonious relationship. So what is the most important thing you would like parents to be aware of, you know, regarding temperament? 
When I teach parents about temperament, I find that some worry that their child has a bad temperament. Mm -hmm. And while it's true that some of the temperamental traits can be more challenging than others, they can all have a positive side. If we look at the temperamental trait persistence, we can see that for a parent raising a highly persistent four-year-old who won't take no for an answer and who is highly skilled in the art of nagging, this persistence might be challenging. But the same persistence will serve the child well as he or she grows and is faced with difficult schoolwork or other challenging situations. So what I try to impress upon parents is that temperament is neither good nor bad. What matters most is goodness of fit. Goodness of fit is how well a person's temperament aligns with their environment. For children, their parents and their parents' own temperaments are a large part of that environment. When children are referred to as being easy, it usually signifies that there is a nice match or a goodness of fit, meaning that mom and or dad's style and the expectations of family life are compatible with the child's temperament. But not all children are considered to be easy. Sometimes children are described as being challenging. This may indicate a poor fit or a mismatch between temperament and the environment. Goodness of fit is not just important in the home environment, we can see it play out in everyday activities such as running errands, in childcare settings, and the school environment. Whatever the setting, it is up to the adult, not the child, to make adjustments to provide the best fit between the child and the environment. This is why it's important for any adult who is either raising children or working with children to have an understanding of temperament. Awesome. Thank you, Carrie. Thank you, Rory. For more information on this topic, you can visit our website at ccesuffolk.org forward slash family health and wellness forward slash human development. Mm -hmm.